welcome to Jedi Dropouts. I'm Ryan Taylor. And I'm James Moss. James, do you know where we're going today? Where? Well, first, we're going to ride into the Stranger Zone. And then we're going to Ragnarok you like a hurricane. Sorry, I had some stupid fucking puns and I wanted to say them. We might also turn it up to 11. <laughs> we might go sell seashells by the sea, Thor. Dial it up to 11. <laughs> well, wherever we go, we'll be... Yeah. Mule near, far, wherever you are. Uh, <laughs> and I'm done. I, that's all I got. Uh, if you didn't catch from the stupid fucking puns, uh, we're finally doing a Stranger Things review. We're finally doing it, well, not finally, it just came out. We're doing a Thor Ragnarok review, and we're gonna review whatever the fuck else you saw recently, James. Yeah. Uh, first, let's touch on... Basket of whatever the fuck. (laughs) First, let's touch on a couple things. Uh, you may have also noticed, uh, we have new music. We have a new... And at the end of this, you'll hear the the other new music that uh, I created myself. Uh, You might notice the the artwork is different. We got a new look. We got a a new sound. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, well, we've missed a few weeks, so we want to try and fit as much into this one as possible, so... A fuck ton of reviews. We're going to talk about all the latest geek news that we missed over the last month while we were talking about horror movies. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think we should jump right into it because we've got a fucking ton to talk about. Sounds good to me. Uh, oh yeah, we should probably mention why exactly we, <laughs> we've missed a bit lately. Uh... So you uh, took a little trip down to St. John's. Yes, I was there for 11 days, I think. Yeah, seemed, something like that, I, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, but... <laughs> well, I mean, how can I trust you to write my biography if you don't even know how long I'm gone out of town for? I'm sorry, man. I Every time I set up the the security cams in your house, uh, you take them down. What else am I supposed to do? Well, I mean, if anyone is going to put videos of me naked on the internet, (laughs) it's going to be me. Uh, Just like Justin Timberlake said it, yep. no, I'm you... like Stia, I'm taking the control back. <laughs> yes, topical, nice. Um, so, you took a little trip to St. John's, you saw some movies, uh, I stayed home, I uh, watched Stranger Things Season 2 for a second time, <laughs> and uh, then, as soon as you got back, I got a head cold, and... Uh, as my boss described it when I called in sick, I sounded like a bag of shit. Uh, Which is a very professional description. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we've we've uh, we've been a while getting around to the actual recording. Uh, Stranger Things season two has been out for like two weeks. Thor came out last week. 
so this should come out on Monday. What is the date of Monday? Uh, the 13th. And we're going to touch on a little bit of everything. A little bit of all the stuff we missed out on. So. I've been dying to get around to this. You want to talk about Stranger Things? I do. do. Uh, I feel you're going to have far more to say than me because, well, while I love the show, you enjoy it more and you've seen the making of stuff and you've watched the oh season boy. for a second time. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, honestly, I watch so much extra shit, I might just do a noob reviews on the extra shit. Uh, yeah? I think I might. I mean, uh, I watched the behind-the-scenes series they did for Netflix. I played the Stranger Things mobile game. I listened to the Spotify tie-in playlist they did. I listened to podcasts that they were featured on. I, <laughs> I went a little nuts with it. Um, but uh, I feel like once I get talking about Stranger Things, I'm not going to be able to shut up. So maybe you could just give me your thoughts first. <laughs> Um, okay. And of course, well, of course, spoiler warnings, because we're not going to be able to talk about this without touching on some spoilers here. Oh, there's going to be spoilers throughout this whole episode for oh. the movies I've seen and this show. Yeah, 100%. First thing I want to say, that fucking school dance scene at the end. Oh my God. My heart... Sweet Jesus. Uh, can I... I'm going to mention a detail of that dance. I don't know if you noticed it or not. Uh, obviously, everyone is sad about Dustin. And for yeah. those who haven't seen it, there's a scene at the end of the school dance where Dustin gets rejected by multiple girls and he cries in a corner and it fucking breaks your heart. But there is a subtle thing I noticed the second time around that will fucking kill you. <laughs> okay, so... Which is what? So, Hopper, uh, in the first season, uh, Chief Jim Hopper, uh, you see the whole backstory about his daughter that passed away. Yep. Um, and if you pay attention in the first season, the, the hair buckle his daughter wore, the little blue hair buckle, he wears that on his wrist in every scene in the first season. I did not know that. So that's sad enough for the first season. Second season, he's still wearing it. He does not take it off his wrist. In the very last episode, uh, again, spoilers here, uh, in the scene where he is uh, finally given the, the official adoption papers for Eleven, he is seen wearing it. At the school dance, Eleven is wearing it. That is adorable. That's... Uh, and it is so fucking sad. God damn it, this show, man. Anyway, uh, continue. <laughs> the school dance. Yeah, like... It, it was a great scene. It was an amazing scene. I loved it. Um, stuff with Dustin getting rejected, but then... You know, it's like... They all grow up and realize that, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff with Dustin, like 
Okay, there was points in this series or in this season that Dustin really got on my nerves. Oh, really? Yeah, like okay. how stubborn he was being with Dart and like hiding him from his friends and stuff. Yeah. I was kind of like, man, like, why are you lying? Like, this is going to totally bite you in the ass. And it did. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the relationship between Dustin and Steve. Yes. Like, I loved that. Yep. That's a character who I, you know, I was kind of eh about in the first season. Yep. But this season, I was like, fuck yes, I'm really starting to like this guy. I, star- I, I started to like Steve at the end of the first season. Uh, my first time around watching the show, I said, fuck Steve. The second time I watched the show, I was like, eh, okay. Third time around, same thing. When I rewatched it for the fourth time, the week uh, season two came out, uh, I, kn- I paid a little more attention at the very ending when Steve, like makes a complete 180 and kind of owns up to all the shit he did and uh, so before season 2 came out I made a checklist of things I want and at the very top of that list is uh, continue with Steve's character growth and make him the fan favorite he I think he's gonna be and uh, that, that got a fucking huge check mark cause holy shit Steve Harrington owns this season yeah, like he was great. And and the train. Although I watched uh, an interview with him on Good Mythical Morning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like, holy fuck! Like all that chest hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like he had a wig taped to his chest. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the uh, train tracks scene. With the the fair faucet, <laughs> where where Steve uh, tells Dustin about the the fair faucet product that he uses to get his hair the way it is. Grooming habits, yeah. I love it. I loved it so much. It was fantastic. Like Steve stepping into like that big brother role for a lot of the kids. Yep. I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Did you uh, also get a, a real Goonies, Josh Brolin vibe from the very ending when he takes the kids down to the tunnels? No. I was starting to feel that way because like, they left Steve alone with the kids and I, I made a joke about, uh, oh man, he's turning into Josh Brolin in the Goonies where he's like the older kid t- uh, who's just like f- regretfully following along on the adventure. And then he pulls out, like, when they get down to the tunnels, he's wearing a red bandana. And I'm like, shit, I think they made, I think they did this on purpose. They very well might have. I mean, Goonies is clearly an influence on the show to begin with, but... I don't know. I picked out a lot of, like... There's so many fucking... There's so many references. It's just... It's non-stop. Yeah, but Steve really became a favorite of mine this season. Yep. I well, I have to agree, man. 
Okay, uh, let's let's take a second and uh, what 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 problems did you have with this season? Get that out of the way. Um, I didn't really have many problems at all. Um, the season started off with, um, the gang type crowd. I kind of was hoping that it would feature more of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. As a group. Um... One thing I will say that did kind of bug me yep. is that scene where, oh, what's her face? The other, like her sister. Oh, Co- uh, eight, Kali. Yeah. Yes. When she was kind of like pushing Eleven and Eleven was pulling the dump truck thing yep. in the scrapyard, that was just face and eyes X-Men first class when Charles is like pushing Magneto yeah. to like twist the big dish yeah and I was just like this is like identical but here's the thing and that, that did kind of bug me here, here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a, a little bit of a tangent here I think they purposely made that as X-Men as possible because if you remember (laughs) and I'm going deep here uh, the very first episode of season one uh, the kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons and Dustin and Will have a little bike race right before Will gets lost and Dustin, Dustin says I'll race you for any comic and Will says I'll take your I, I can't remember what it is. It's like X-Men 180-something or another, right? Yeah. So they mention X-Men there. If you look up what issue that is, that is one of the very first issues of the Dark Phoenix saga. Okay. And I think they purposely put that in there as an egg because they're taking Eleven down a Dark Phoenix route. Uh, at the end of the first season, when she throws the Demogorgon against a chalkboard that is like panel for panel a piece of art from the same storyline in the X-Men comics and uh, I mean I think with the uh, with that episode in particular episode 7 The Lost Sister when they when she's basically uh, encouraged to look deeper into her powers and then with the final scene when she's levitating I think they're like I think the X-Men references are absolutely per- like on purpose nice I went deep man <laughs> well you know what Stranger Things is probably going to do a better Dark Phoenix than any X-Men movie oh yeah I'll, man I'll take Millie Bobby Brown over Sophie Turner any fucking day Hell yeah. Yep. She's Definitely a over Sam to Jensen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yep, yep. Um, so, uh, my only 
Here, here are all my flaws with the season. I don't have very many at all. The first time watching the show, I didn't really like the seventh episode that much. Okay. Where they took Eleven out into the city and uh, stuck her with that gang. and It felt like it kind of killed the momentum of the season. I, wasn't really, I didn't see how it really fit. But after looking into the X-Men references and realizing that it's basically... Uh, it's basically Luke being trained by Yoda. Um, I don't know, it kind of grew on me a little more. Not to mention the obvious references to like the Warriors and the Lost Boys and shit like that. Yeah. So he grew but on me. Her outfit afterwards was very, very Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. 100%. You get to see the, the fucking Punk 11 in this season. That's great. Yeah. And, um, so that, that one, like, my second time through, I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, still not my favorite episode of the season, but that's because I really like the setting of Hawkins, and I, I, I like having a cast of characters that I love, whereas Kali and the rest of the gang didn't really grow on me as much, but not a big deal. Um. Okay. One tiny fucking thing. They weren't really there long enough to really develop any sort of attachment to. No, no, really, not at all. Uh, one tiny thing that kind of bothered me is throughout the whole season, they mentioned time and time again this tripwire that Hopper has outside the cabin, and they show it, and then in the f- final episode. When Jonathan and Joyce and Nancy had to go to this cabin they've never been to, it's not mentioned. It just seems like a weird... Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was probably just something that was missed, or maybe there's a reason. I don't care. Not a big deal. It's like half a second of irritation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And my third thing, I realized this year that Jonathan Byers is kind of a shit character. In what way? I mean, look at every character in the show. You look at their total character arc. You look at the uh, the growth and the change that they've gone through from the first episode to the most recent. Jonathan Byers is still exactly the same. He has yeah. not like he's he's had a lot of shit happen to him, but he hasn't changed in any way. No. But, that being said, he helps other characters further the plot, I guess. I don't, like, he doesn't bother me when he's on screen. It's just that he doesn't really do much for me. Which, in a show full of uh, fucking characters that I love, it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I need a sip of water there. I'm still kind of getting over the head cold, so my my voice not might might not sound the best. Um, um, there were a few other like little small things that I thought were cool that might not appeal to everyone. Well, one thing in particular. Yep. And it actually had to do with that gang of misfits and punks. Oh yeah. Uh, the big guy, Funshine. Yep. 
Uh, it was played by uh, professional bodybuilder Ty Green. Okay. Um, literally two days before this season premiered on Netflix, I was watching a documentary called Generation Iron 2 on Netflix, and it's all about professional bodybuilders. Yeah. And one of the people it focuses on is Kai. Okay. And it showed how, like, he was runner-up a couple times in a row for, like, like, Arnold Classic, like, the biggest bodybuilding competitions in the world. He was, like, number two a couple years in a row, and but he was always, like, one of the most charismatic performers on stage. Like, when they had to do any kind of, like, talent thing, like, Kai was always a fan favorite, but he was kind of, like, starting to step away from professional bodybuilding to pursue other interests. Okay, yeah. And it was showing him, like, apparently he's always been a bit of an artist, and he, in the documentary, he was starting to work on his own graphic novel. Oh, really? Yeah, and towards the end of the documentary, it started showing him taking acting and improv classes. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, I, like, I didn't know much about the guy before watching the documentary, but his personality really grew on me Yep. while I was watching it. And I was like, this guy's really cool. Like, it was, like, after he started working on his graphic novel, it showed him at, like, Comic-Con type events. And like taking pictures with fans and signing things and stuff like that, and like he seems like a really like interesting guy. And then two days later, I start watching Stranger Things, and here is this guy in the first episode. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He was. I thought that, that would have been. I thought that was really cool. That would have been like right off the top too. Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool to see like in this documentary, this bodybuilder who showed that, you know, these guys are more than just meatheads. Like, he's a pretty well-spoken, like, down-to-earth guy who has other interests besides just lifting weights and eating all kinds of protein. Yeah, for sure. Like, he has other talents, other interests, and seems to be a nice guy to his fans. And then I see him in this kick-ass show, and I'm like, Fuck yeah, good for him. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But another thing that I really liked... Yep. Bob the Brain. Bob fucking newbie, man. Bob newbie superhero. Played by Sean fucking Aston. And did you notice the, um, the, uh, the line about the treasure map? Obvious Goonies reference there? Yeah. Yeah, um, what is this, a treasure map? Yeah. Um, no, it's good, man. I fucking Samwise. Samwise, yep. Yeah. Uh, Sean Astin, like when uh, in the first episode when I saw this Bob newbie, I was like, okay, I'm I'm not sure how he really fits here. And then he grew on you, and he grew on you, and and by the time he gets introduced to uh, the stuff that's going on, Bob is like. <laughs> my favorite person on screen, right? Yeah, like... Probably my least favorite part of the whole season is, spoiler alert, when Bob dies. The tragic deaths in this season of both Bob Newby 
and Muse the cat. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I, I mourn a little harder for Bob than the cat. But... <laughs> Just a little, yeah. Uh, Just, no, I uh, got, I really enjoyed Bob. He and... had a brutal death. Yeah, when he died, I was like, no, but it did add to the show quite a bit. Two fun facts. Uh, the Duffer brothers who create the show and they run it, uh, twice now they've had characters live longer than expected just because of how much they like the actors and the way they're portraying them. The first, right. the first one, Steve Harrington was supposed to die in season one. Yes, I heard that. They were going to kill him, and then they liked Joe Keery so much, they were like, you know what? We can turn him into a good guy. And, uh... And I'm, I'm so glad they did. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Bob Newby was supposed to, supposed to die very early in the season. Like, the fourth episode, I'm going to guess, where, uh... Is it the fourth one? I can't remember if it's the... Th I think it's the third one. Uh, where... Will is getting a ride to school from Bob, and Bob gives him the, without knowing what what Will's actually dealing with, gives him the terrible advice to stand up against the, the creature from the Upside Down. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Bob was supposed to die there. Will was supposed to kill him originally in the script. Wow. Yeah, that was supposed to be, like, like obviously not Will, because Will... Uh, as you find out in this season, is being controlled by a creature they refer to as the Mind Flayer. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the Mind Flayer was supposed to kill Bob through Will, somehow. Uh, yeah. But they liked the what Sean Astin was doing so much that they let him live till... Was it the second... Yeah, second last episode? Yeah. Yeah. And what a fucking brutal death. Like... Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely fucking ripped apart, man. Right in front of Joyce. Yeah. But, like, when he started venturing off by himself, being like, no, I, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to, like, save you guys. I kind of knew then that Bob was done. Yeah. I thought so, too. Like, I saw it coming, but I still held out a little bit of hope, you know? Yeah. I I kind of thought it, he might have got fucked over by the doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, that doctor, maybe he's shady, yeah. and maybe he'll, like... Well, I mean, it's fucking... Maybe Paul he'll direct Bob over the walkie-talkie right into a trap. It's Paul Reiser from Aliens, so, I mean, it's, he's not exactly the most trustworthy character, you know? Yeah. Uh... He, Paul Reiser did a great job as Dr. Owens as well. Uh, yeah. We should quickly mention all these new characters, because uh, this like this season introduced a lot of new characters, which... It did. It, it was a little weird at first, like, just off the very top seeing new characters being introduced, but they grew on you so fast. Uh, yeah. Mad Max, of course, played by Sadie Sink, is the new... Uh, the new girl in town, love interest of both Lucas and Dustin. Uh, doesn't work out so well for Dustin. Yeah. Um, and which they they foretold in the very first episode, again, um, when they're playing, uh, is it Dragon's Lair? 
Is that what it's called? I don't know the game that well. That the first one they're playing, Dustin's like they they open with the arcade. Dustin is playing yeah. this game, trying to save the princess, and he gets frustrated and loses. And Lucas brags to him about, for now, the princess is still mine. Yeah. Yeah. They do that. They, th- they, they throw in a lot of shit. Like, I mean, the main uh, story uh, surrounding Max and the boys is around the high score on the game Dig Dug. And, I mean, the second half of the season is all about uh, these vines that are being grown from the upside down underneath the town of Hawkins, right? Yep. They, they fucking, they throw in these, these fucking signs all over the place. That's brilliant. It's uh, smart writing. It really is. Um, Dacre Montgomery as Billy Hargrove. How much did you fucking hate this guy? This guy was perfect as, like, the douchebag that you were just like, oh my god, like, I want badness to happen to this guy. Oh, I know. But at the same time, he was charming. That scene with Mike's Mike and Nancy's mom in the last yep. episode, I... Uh, <laughs> that was so fucking good. And uh, this guy was in the new Power Rangers they did. Was he? Yeah, he was the Red Ranger in the new Power Rangers this year. Shit. And I, I saw the movie, and it was, it was okay. But... I didn't know he could act like that. See, I slept on the new Power Rangers movie because I just heard so many shitty reviews about it. It's it's honestly not bad. Like, it's nothing mind-blowing. If you're going to watch, you know, one of the new superhero, like Marvel or DC movies, I'd watch that instead. But, I mean, if you're looking for something to watch, it's, it's not bad. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see, Bob Newbie, Billy, Mad Max, Dr. Owens. What do you think of uh, Murray, Murray Bauman, the, uh, I guess, private investigator type? Conspiracy theory guy? Yeah, I really liked him. Like I found him kind of creepy, honestly. A little I, bit, but... I, I, I didn't like him. I, like, the way he had two high school kids stay at his place and he's offering them alcohol and he's kind of like <laughs> sitting there like looking at them kind of like eh eh you guys are gonna bang in my house yeah it's it like that just, I know but you feel gross but the performance of the guy like the guy did a good job I, I found oh, the guy did a good job of playing that character I just didn't like the character like I liked him in a like <laughs> Not in a way of, like, I would get along with you, but in a way of, like, you're entertaining on screen. Uh, yeah. I found he, he looked like he watched straight out of Jaws. Or, like, uh, one of those 70s Spielberg movies, like Close Encounters. He looked like he fit right in there, you know? Nice. And it's funny because the actor doesn't change his look for that role at all. That's just straight up what he looks like. Uh and the last one, the very, very minor character I gotta throw in here, Priya Ferguson as Lucas's little sister Erica. She was funny. She was funny as shit. Yeah. Uh oh my god. What what was it she said to Dustin? Uh, how about code shut the hell up? 
or something. She's just this saucy little, like the perfect little sister, right? Oh man, she was good. Like there, there's a lot of other characters that they threw in there. Like uh, Dustin's mom was entertaining. You got to see more of Dustin and Lucas's families. Uh, yep. Mike's parents got a bit more, and Mike's dad fucking kills me whenever he's on screen. Like, <laughs> he he's uh, Ted Wheeler. He's the mo- he's the perfect example of a dad who's just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Go ask your mother. You know. Um, I re- I got a lot. I got a kick out of him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else is there to say about this? Holy shit! Um, uh, the pairings they they switched up all the pairings in this season, and they were all great. Like, I mean, we already talked about Stephen Dustin, but Hopper and Eleven, right? Oh my god, that was heart wrenching. Cause like he's trying his best, but he's kind of like stuck between the rock and the hard place and she doesn't understand yeah exactly because like she's so disconnected from like how the world works anyway and and he's got some underlying issues with what happened with his daughter as well right so he kind of exactly. had he's got a temper that he, he tries to keep in check but doesn't always work yeah but you could tell like even when he's getting mad and upset, it's out of love. Yeah. And he's trying his best, but like, if you were like a guy and you lost your daughter and you're just kind of like this grizzled small town sheriff, and then suddenly you have, you're taking care of this teenager who has no idea how the rest of the world works, doesn't understand why she can't go do this, she doesn't understand why she can't go see her friends. Yep. So you're trying to discipline this child, but this child has psychic powers? Yeah. (laughs) It's tricky, man. Like, that is, like... People say, like, parenthood can be hard to navigate. Fucking hell, oh man. Like, Hopper in those scenes? Yeah. Like, I felt that was powerful as shit. Not just, like, I mean, the the, the argument scenes are powerful enough on their own, but yeah, it, the balance between that and the times where they are on the same page... Yeah. Man, uh... And I, I really loved, there was this one little scene in there that I I loved because it was it just showed how how much of a dad he really is. Uh, they're in an argument and she goes into her room and she won't come out and uh, he's like, "Well, I guess I'm just gonna have to eat all this Halloween candy by myself, all alone." I'll just get bad alone. That's probably not too good for my health, so I guess I'll just die of a heart attack. <laughs> like that that whole guilt trip sort of thing is oh man. <laughs> One of my favorite Hopper scenes in the whole season. Yep. Was when Eleven comes back. I was just gonna th- say that. And Mike oh. gets mad at Hopper. And it's great too because uh, Finn Wolfhard's performance in this season is very understated. 
I mean, Mike is just a sad, mopey kid who sits in the background and sulks for the whole season. So when he yeah, fucking... He, when he lets loose... He's climbing for 11. Oh, my God. When he fucking lets loose and he's just screaming at Hopper and... Like, Hopper knows. Like, he he can't argue with him. He, he knows that, you know, the kid's hurting and it is what it is. There's nothing either one of them can really change about it. Man, that was a fucking powerful scene. It was, like... And he's just, like, taking those hits in the stomach from Mike, and then he just, like, embraces him? Yep. I was like, man. Fuck. Well... I, I gotta say, like, as good as this show is, and as good as all these characters are, Hopper is by far my favorite. Man, it's it's hard not to pick him. David Harbour gives a hell of a fucking performance in this show. I can't, oh, yeah. I, can't I wait. cannot I, wait to see what he does with Hellboy. I know. Uh, so, we talked about the powerful scenes and the sad stuff and the arguments, but can we just talk about that fucking Ghostbusters scene, man? <laughs> like, that it was fucking perfect. It was so it, it fucking... It was great. From, from the, like... From the very opening... The Bankman argument? Yes, but, like, not just that. The whole... From from the very beginning of uh, them getting dressed up at home and the different, uh, like, how Mike is embarrassed and, and Lucas is proud as shit and his little sister is teasing him and then they pull on on their bikes singing the theme song... Uh, which is perfect because uh, I mean in the timeline it's set in 84 so it would have came out that summer uh, and then but, but like the Venkman argument is just something that you know every group of kids <laughs> who have been through that have definitely had the the Venkman versus um, oh Jesus Christ uh, Ernie Hudson uh <laughs> Winston Zedmore. Winston, Jesus, it was slipping away from me there. Yeah. Oh. Well, if you look at the Ghostbusters, I mean, Winston's the last one to come in and everything like that. He's not a scientist. Blah blah. Oh, yeah. Like taking race out of it completely, he was the last one to come in. He wasn't a scientist. He didn't contribute as much in the original as the other three. Yep. Egon is straight up nerd. Yep. Like, he's supposed to be the nerd. And Ray is the lovable, just kind of, like, he's the oaf as far as a scientist can be an oaf. Yeah, for sure. But Bill Murray's Peter Venkman, he's the one who gets the girl. He's the one who's making the most jokes. Yep. Like he's the he's the bad boy of the group. Oh, for sure. And like even when I was a kid playing Ghostbusters, like he was the one people wanted to be. Yeah. Do you do you have a favorite Ghostbuster? Lewis Tully. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. Are, um, are you more of a Venkman guy? 
because I like them all. Yeah. Um, the whole like dickless joke and stuff like that with Venkman is always like classic. Yeah. Um, Venkman's the one you want to go to, but I think if I was picking one, I'd probably go Ray. Yeah. Just because Egon is kind of the Sheldon Cooper of the group. Yeah, but Egon's fun. He's uh, he's got some good stuff in there, you know. Yeah, but like, there's points where Janine is kind of like hitting on Egon, and he's just like so unreceptive to it because he's just like my work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Harold Ramis played that perfectly. Oh yeah. For so. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that that was a bit of a tangent, but yeah. it related. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> one thing I loved. Uh, one second now. Yeah, one thing I really liked about that scene. Uh, at the very end of the scene, we get uh, it comes into a scene that was in basically every trailer, and we saw in all the trailers Dustin. And and all of them were in their Ghostbusters uniform. And Dustin turns and he looks out back behind the camera at something horrifying. And based on the trailers, you think he's looking at some monster in the distance. But I love that the reveal was that Dustin's horrified look is oh shit, no one else is wearing a costume. Yeah, it was fucking perfect. That was great. Oh my god. Man. The nerdy kids who are already struggling with, you know, yep. the social aspects of school yep. are the only ones who wore costumes. <laughs> yes. Because uh, wasn't it their first year of middle school or something? Uh, like, yeah. Are I think they so. in a different school this year? I think so. Maybe no. I'm not positive, honestly. I'm not sure if it, it's their first year of middle school or if. It, they're just getting at that age where uh, the kids are starting to date and stuff like that. But and shy away from things that they deem childish. Yeah. it. I mean, it, it was a, a, an important year wherever they're, whatever it is. Yeah. And not a good start. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um... I don't know. I'm not sure if I got much else to say here. I just, I, I, I do believe honestly of all the TV and movie that I've watched this year, this is easily my favorite. There's no competition. I mean, there are some movies that came out this year that I fucking love, and they don't come close to this. For, for me. And yeah. Um, Unless. The Punisher, which comes out a week from today, the time we're recording it. Yep, yep. Like, whole oh, like, Punisher has, like, to be amazing yeah. to talk Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Man. Which, I hope it is, just oh, because yeah. I fucking love The Punisher, love John Bernthal. Yeah. It looks fucking great. And our next episode after this one will be, hopefully, a Punisher Justice League review. At, at, one more thing. Yeah. Punisher Justice League Pokemon review. Pokemon? Yeah, um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Oh, come out shit. Next week as well. That's right, too. So that's going to be a big day for my nerdy ass. Yeah. 
I'm I already not... have the day booked off work. Nice. As soon as I can, I will be getting a ticket for Justice League. Nice. And basically, it's going to be like I'm off the night before too, so like I'm going to get up early, spend all day watching Punisher, and excuse me, and then go to Justice League, come home, watch probably the rest of the Punisher. Yep. And I'm probably not going to start playing Pokemon until Saturday night. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well. I mean, if I'm playing Pokemon, I'm not really going to be paying attention to the Punisher. Um, we'll talk more about that next week. Um, yes, we but, shall. But we're talking Punisher and Justice League. Let's move on to another superhero. Uh, you got to see Thor Ragnarok. I did, and I may actually be going a second time tonight. I've heard some good things, man. I very, very much enjoyed it, um, which was good because I liked Thor in the Avengers movies. Yep. But the Thor standalone films were among the weakest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in my opinion. I 100% agree with that one. The Marvel, the MCU movie I have watched the least out of all of them is Thor 2. Even, even less so than Iron Man 2? Yeah. Wow. Well, to, to be fair, uh... I've I've watched Thor: The Dark World twice and Iron Man two once, so it's not a big it's not a big gaping difference there. Yeah, no, I've only seen Thor two three times. Fair enough. Which for me is not a lot, considering there are movies I've gone to in theaters that many times. Yeah. Uh, um. Something I've noticed. Uh, yeah. I want to get your opinion before you even get into Thor Ragnarok here. I I think 2017 might be the best year of superhero movies ever. Yeah. Like we haven't had a weak one this year. Not at all. And not only that, but like we've had years where everything was strong. I mean, uh Fuck, Dark Knight and Iron Man and Hulk came out the same year. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, Amazing Spider-Man and Avengers came out the same year. But those years were the only the only movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this year we've already got Logan, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man Homecoming, and now Thor Ragnarok. And I mean, like... I mean, without even... hearing positive things about Justice League coming up, too. Yeah. Uh, we we got another Guardians movie. We got a I think easily agreed here, uh, the best Wolverine and Spider Man movies ever made. Yep, one hundred percent. The finally got a Wonder Woman movie, and I'm I'm I haven't seen it, but I'm gonna go ahead on a limb and say it's probably the best Thor movie. The best Thor movie, hands down. Yeah. Okay. Tell me all about it. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get into the plot of the movie 
or anything like that too yep. much. But the biggest complaint I saw some people say was like they wanted a Planet Hulk movie and this movie was like basically they were expecting the movies that had Planet Hulk and like they didn't like the ending because they felt like it should have been this other character mm. doing this thing and because they expected it to be too literal to the comics. Oh yeah, for sure. They expected it to be too literal to the source material. Yeah. But how far did Civil War stray from the source material? Oh shit. Like, not even... And that was still a fantastic movie. Yeah. You can't go in there with the expectations for it to be, like, a carbon copy of the comic book because that's not always feasible. Like, if you want all the situations and circumstances from the comic, just read the fucking comic. Yeah. It's an adaptation. It's inspired by the comics is not a literal retelling of it. No. But that was the biggest complaint I saw some people having about this movie. Was they were like, oh, fucking, I wanted Planet Hulk and this was a weak-ass attempt at it. Um, and it's like, why'd you go I, into, why'd you go into a Thor movie expecting Planet Hulk? Because that's kind of where they end up. Oh, for sure. Like it, like I'm not saying there wasn't Planet Hulk influence, but yeah, Thor is the fucking title. Don't expect a fucking page for page adaptation. Yeah. Um, I did go into this movie hoping to see a particular character. Uh, who would that character be named? Beta Ray Bill. Yes. Yeah, I I was I was kind of holding that hope there too. I heard he almost made the cut though. Almost. Uh, there was a nod to him. Yep. On the Grandmaster's tower, there were busts of the former and current champions, and the top one being a bust of Hulk. Yep. But um. Below it is a boss that very, very, very much looks like Beta Ray Bill. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's been confirmed or not whether or not that was him, but that's the only reference to Beta Ray Bill that I picked up on in my first viewing. Uh, apparently, he was in the original plan for the movie, but they uh, they didn't have room to put a lot of him in there. So they, they decided to cut it because they thought the character was deserving of more. Not to say that they won't do it in the future, though. Okay. So, you know, that looks fucking good to me. I mean, if they want to give Beta Ray Bill a, a, like, a full villain arc or side hero arc, whatever they're going to do there, you know. Hell yeah. That'd be fucking cool. Uh, it would be fucking cool. Um, I did have a minor issue with Scourge. Yeah? The Executioner. With uh, Carl Urban, was it? Yeah. Okay. I thought he looked the part perfectly. Okay. 
I don't know if they could have cast anyone better just physically to play that part. He looked so good. But my biggest issue, which is more just me kind of being a little nitpicky, if anything, with Scourge was, well, he kind of flops from, like, the bad side to the good side at the end of the movie. Okay. I'm kind of like, eh, I would have rathered him just be a bad guy. But he gets an axe partway through the movie. It's not that big or impressive of an axe. Okay. A guy like the Executioner, even if the axe isn't going to be that big, you kind of want it to be like this, like, intimidating, like, ooh, like, that's a bad fucking tool. Yeah. Like, that, he can fuck some shit off with that axe. Whether it's big or just menacing looking, it wasn't that big or impressive looking, and he doesn't really use it. Oh. Like, he swings it once, I think, in the movie, and it doesn't really show what happens when he swings it. Like, it just shows him pretty much, like, raise it up and start to swing it down, and then the scene cuts. And then when he does get involved in the combat later in the movie, he busts out a couple of AR-15s. Hmm. He... He drops his axe and pulls out two assault rifles. Really? I didn't expect to see assault rifles in this movie. Yeah, me either. I mean, it was it was funny when it first introduced him and he's talking about the assault rifles and he's given them names and it was kind of amusing. Yeah. But to see the executioner, and I, I know he probably uses guns at points in the comics and blah, 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 but when I saw the executioner was in this movie, I was hoping to see some badass shit involving him causing some destruction with an axe. Maybe, like, a little bit of him fighting Thor, and, like, Thor doesn't have his hammer, but, like, the Executioner has his axe type thing. I don't fucking know. I was just hoping for a bit more than, you know, him turning out to be Dread with a different skin. Yeah, I hear you. But, like I said, like if that's my biggest complaint about the character, it's just me being a little nitpicky. It's nothing that ruins it. No, for sure. Yeah. But... I found that, like, since Deadpool, like, I don't know if they're trying to throw more humor into this stuff, like, to try and recapture the success of Deadpool, but there was a lot more jokes in this movie than in previous films. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Like, a lot more. Some of them were kind of like, okay, like, yeah, that's amusing, but let's get back to the task at hand. Mm-hmm. But there were certain scenes that were straight up hilarious. I'm not sure if that's like it's hard to say whether that's on purpose or not. Because since Deadpool came out, like 
I can't really count the movies that were pretty much done when Deadpool came out, but yeah, this year, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, obviously that was going to be funny. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, the first one was funny. Yeah. Uh, Marvel finally got to do a Spider-Man. Obviously, they're going to put humor in there. Yeah, because and, Spider-Man's always been a funny character anyway. Yeah. So, the th- basically, it comes up to whether or not they had this plan for Thor beforehand or not. I... I mean, it might have been a plan because obviously they wanted to make something a little more likable than the first two Thor movies. Yeah. So, I have no idea. It's hard to say. but Like, there were moments where it had, like, a much, much lighter tone. Like, it was funny. It was colorful. It was, like... It was... It straight up had me laughing in the seat. Like, I was laughing out loud. Nice. And then there were other points in this movie that were dark and grim and yeah, no, I I very very much enjoyed this movie. Awesome. So you like said... I said it like like what I posted on Facebook. I thought Ragnarok made the first two Thor films look like B movies. Yeah. Yeah, I can finally see that. a Thor movie that can stand with the rest of the MCU. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I because uh, Thor deserves it. Yeah, I mean Chris Hemsworth is a fucking fantastic Thor, but the movies just aren't that great. Yeah. Well, I mean until now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do you where would I you mean? See? Doctor Strange wasn't in it very much, but what he like the amount of time he was in it was perfect. Awesome. Um, a lot of the stuff with uh, Bruce Banner. Yep. Was cool. Um, Hulk being able to talk now because he's not oh. such just a primal savage. Oh really? It's cool. That's cool. Um, Korg. Oh, is, I, I, I can see Korg being a fan favorite. I heard that. Uh, he's played by the director. Yeah, he is. Uh, Take a Waititi. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but that guy's funny as shit. Yeah, uh, he also did the Shadows movie with Jermaine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what we do in the shadows, and he directed. Yeah, that one. He directed and starred in that one as well. He's a very funny guy. He is. I I enjoyed him in interviews and everything. Yeah. No, the guy was great. Um, after I watched the movie Thursday night, I spent the majority of the weekend, like when I was cooking supper with my girlfriend, um, trying to talk in a court voice. <laughs> now, I'm not going to try and do it now, but she kept looking at me and she's like, why are you so good at that voice like we literally just saw the movie you haven't had time to practice this why is your Korg impression so good I was like I don't know. <laughs> but Korg was fantastic nice uh, let's see what else was there um, stuff with Loki was good yeah stuff with Odin was good yep Hella was hella scary like <laughs> uh, Valkyrie was good. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson, I think her name is? Yes. Yeah. Who I also, like, in interviews, 
I thought she was really funny and charming in interviews too. Yeah. Yeah, like I I think I'd like to see her in more stuff coming up. Cool. She she made a good impression on me. Awesome. Very good impression. Um one Easter egg that I was reading that I thought was kind of cool was uh, some of the ships in this movie, like fucking spaceships, yeah. were named after um, models of cars from a defunct car company that was based in Australia, I believe. Huh. That's a, pretty, and that's a fucking deep cut. The colors of these two ships were uh, tribal colors paying homage to um, Maori, like a certain Maori tribe and the Aboriginal people of Australia, I believe. Wow. Because where the director is from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he made the color schemes of these two aircrafts that were named after an old Australian car company. Yeah, he made the color scheme a tribute to the indigenous peoples of that area. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I thought that was really fucking cool. Uh... Well, anything else to say about Thor Ragnarok? Um, after one viewing, not right now. Like, I haven't seen it since opening night. So it's been over a week since I've seen it, and I was out of town when I seen it, and there was a lot going on, so I didn't get a chance to really, like, make solid notes yeah. when I got home. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I might pick up on some more stuff after my second viewing, which may or may not be in four hours time cool uh, yeah so what else did you see I, I believe uh, a couple of horror movies right I was going to see a few other uh, I was going to go see three other movies yep but I only ended up going to see two okay I was going to go see Jigsaw Happy Death Day and Snowman yep I did not go see The Snowman. I didn't hear the best things about that movie. Neither did I. And if I ended up going, it would have been by myself in the middle of the day while Emily was in class. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I haven't been hearing great things, and I'd be going by myself, so it wouldn't even be like, you know, I get to hang out with someone and have that, like, friendship. So, like... Spending, like, theater money on a movie that I haven't heard good things about on myself in the middle of the day just didn't seem worth it. No. No. I hear I'll you. still watch it when it comes out. Oh, for sure. Because the trailers look good, but the reviews I heard weren't great. No. I, and I was a little surprised by that because it looks really fucking cool. But, uh... Yeah. Who knows? So instead, I just, you know hung out at home and just battled people on Pokemon Showdown. Yeah, I noticed. You've been busy. <laughs> yeah. And that's just me uploading ones that I think are the more close and exciting ones. 
that I win. I, I've had some pretty good ones where I've lost too, but who wants to post videos of them losing? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I did see Happy Death Day in Jigsaw. Okay. Um, both of them I went to with my friend Sarah. Yep. Um, Happy Death Day was more of a comedy than a horror movie. I can see that. It was that. like a dark comedy. Yeah. There were a few jump scares in it, but yeah. It we is... went to this movie at like 20 after 1 yeah. in the afternoon, and we were literally the only two people there. Oh. <laughs> Which was cool because like we looked around and made sure that there was no one else in the theater we got like super comfy like put our feet up and we were able to like actually discuss our theories on who we thought was going to be the killer oh. without disturbing any other moviegoers that's pretty cool actually yeah it, it was it was probably like the fifth time I've ever had that experience nice but it started out with me being like, oh, like I couldn't stand protagonist at the end or at the beginning. Yeah. But then she really fucking grows on you. Yeah. Like she starts off and it's just like, she just seems like a mean person. Okay. She seems really selfish and it's just like, I don't like you. Like I can't connect with you. But then, like, <clears throat> excuse me, as the movie goes on, she gets more and more likable. Like, to the point where she becomes very fucking likable and funny and, like, complete 180. Like, straight up. Like, to the point where I was kind of like, if I was in her shoes, yeah, I'd probably be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, um, she... I did find the ending of that movie was a little weak. Okay. And the motive for the killer was a little shitty, and like the ending was kind of anticlimactic. Okay. But it, it was a fun movie. I shouldn't be surprised that it's more comedy because it is created by the same guy who did uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah. I just thought he would. I thought maybe it was a little more horror than his first movie, or I'm not sure if that's his first movie, but than his last movie, you know. Uh, I mean, it's not as funny as Scary Movie, but it's not as intense as Scream. Okay. So that's kind of where I would lodge that somewhere in the middle ground, in that gray area between yeah. the slasher film and the slasher spoof. It's not a bad place to be, I mean... <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for what it is, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was fun. But if you're looking for scares, you you might want to go elsewhere. If you're looking for a straight-up comedy, you know, there's plenty of other choices. But if you're looking for something that's just kind of fun and pokes a little bit of fun at the genre... Like, this movie's fun. Like, just sit back, grab some snacks, have a couple of friends there, and just, you know, have a laugh at this movie. 
Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. Okay, so on the other hand, how was the the latest entry into the Saw franchise? I liked it. Yeah, I did. Um, a few of the traps were kind of like eh, that. Seems like it might be a bit of a stretch. Okay. But it did have me scratching my head at the end, yeah. right up until like. You know how they always have this kind of like twist the reveal at the end. Yeah. Did they did they use early two thousand sounding hard rock over the montage? I can't remember, uh. but most likely it is a saw <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I was yeah. scratching my head right up until the reveal, and then like when the reveal happens and the person explains how they did it all and what their motive was I was kind of like oh, okay yeah that makes sense I, 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 I get that okay that's cool but yeah like leading up to it I was scratching my head like who is it who done it how is it and there was one part where I was like ugh ugh yawned ugh <laughs> um where I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, I... It all made sense to me in the end. But I was kind of confused for a little bit. Which I think was intentional. Well, I know it was intentional. But, yeah. Well, I'm always up for another Saw movie. Yeah, I... I know you don't give a shit about spoilers. Yeah. But... Like I kind of want to save this one for you because I think you'll enjoy it. That's fair. I mean, it sounds like there's a bit of a challenge to that one, so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll leave that one as is, I guess. But (laughs) in my opinion, it was on par with the rest of the soft film. Okay. Yeah. There were a couple of traps where I was like, eh, but there were other ones where it was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, I like that. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a good mix of fun traps and eh traps. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah. I guess that's all the reviews for today. We're, uh, we're a little over an hour in. <laughs> yep. I kind of figure that. So we could, we could run through a bit of uh, geek news. There's been some pretty big shit going on with uh, geek news as of late. Yeah. So, uh, first off, something that kind of blew up on the internet when uh, it was released. The official casting for Disney's Lion King. Yeah. Man, this movie looks fucking good. Sweet Jesus does it ever. Uh, Directed by Jon Favreau, of course, behind... Uh, the recent Jungle Book and Iron Man, I mean, he's got some fucking pull over at Disney. Uh, yep. And I think he's going to do a damn good job with this. I mean, honestly, with this cast, it'd be kind of hard to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I was excited already. You got Donald Glover as Simba. Uh, James Earl Jones is back for Mufasa. Uh, John Oliver was announced as Zazu a while back. 
Seth Rogen as Pumbaa is fucking perfect. And Beyonce as Nala? Yeah, see, that was the thing. They didn't announce that till just the other day when they announced Beyonce as Nala. They announced uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but Mordo from Doctor Strange and the star, yeah. uh, star of uh, 12 Years a Slave is fucking Scar. Oh, he's going to nail that. Yeah. Uh, Alfrey Woodard, Mariah from Luke Cage, is Sarabi. Yep. Uh, but one thing I... Uh, oh, and, and there's a lot more... There's more Marvel here. Fucking uh, John Connie, who plays King to King Chaka, is Rafiki. Yep. But yeah. the cool thing here that, I, that no one seems to be talking about is the fucking hyenas are played by uh, some girl named Florence Kasumba, who I don't know. But Keegan Michael Key and Eric Andre are hyenas. Yep, that's gonna be fucking amazing. And they're taking the place of Cheech Marin and was it Bobcat Goldthwait? Sounds right to me. I can I can picture that. I and know Cheech. I know Cheech was one of them. And Whoopi Goldberg was uh, Shenzi. Yes. I just can't remember who played Ed. It sounds like that. That sounds right to me, Bobcat. I mean, he's got a pretty distinct voice. I'm Googling it now. Yeah. But they're doing this in the style of The Jungle Book, and The Jungle Book was really fucking good. Uh, yes. And they got the director from The Jungle Book. Uh, the only thing I wish they had done was I wish Caleb McLaughlin, uh, Lucas from Stranger Things, I wish he was young Simba, but you can't win them all. And I'm sure no. I'm sure the kid they casted is going to do a great job. I mostly wish that because uh, Caleb McLaughlin actually has done the Lion King musical. Like that's that was his big thing for years. And the kid can fucking sing too. Uh but I won't get back into the Stranger Things uh, fucking rabbit hole. Uh, you find it there? You find Ed? I did find Ed, and it was... I was wrong, it wasn't Bobcat. I thought it was another famous comedian. It's Jim Cummings. Oh, Jim Cummings, of course. Jesus. Yeah. Jim Cummings is probably one of the greatest voice actors of all time. Yeah, really, though. He's so fucking prolific. Um, I mean... Winnie the Pooh and Tigger to start. Uh, not, yep. to, not to mention he just happens to show up in just about every Disney movie. And he doesn't change his voice that much. Like, he's... he's. Uh, if you look at his filmography, on IMDb, he's credited for 513 yeah. voice credits. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, that's separate shows, movies, games. And if you want to know exactly the voice I'm talking about... In Aladdin, at the very beginning, there's that one guard who who is yelling at him, and he that voice shows up in bit parts everywhere. Yeah. And like like he has some distinct voices, but that voice he's used like a hundred times. And I'll be just I'll just yeah, be watching. Yeah, uh, Captain of the Guard, uh, Razul, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be watching a cartoon and I'll hear that voice, and I'm like, oh, he's back. There he is again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty fucking cool, and I'm looking forward to this movie. But yeah. in other casting news, Shazam has been casted. Yes, I was going to ask you how you felt about the casting for Shazam. 
I don't know, because I'm not that familiar with uh, Zachary... Is it Levi? Levy? Um, yeah. I have never seen Chuck. I've seen him in the Thor movies, I guess, but, I mean, they're not great movies, and I don't really... It's hard to base it on that. You saw him in what movies? He's Fandral in the Thor movies. Oh. Yeah. One of the... Uh, fuck, what's the... Warriors 3, is it? Huh. Yeah, that's that guy. I didn't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if he was in I've, I've never seen a single episode of Chuck. No, me either. So all I know this dude from is the fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't know he was in that. I'm almost positive. Um, so yeah, that guy is Shazam. Asher Angel is Billy Batson. I've never heard of the kid, but he looks the part. Um, the director is David F. Sandberg, best known for Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. Which were both very good movies. I haven't seen either of them yet. i got to get around to that. But um, I, I enjoyed them both, but... Um, Yeah, horror to superhero, I'm not sure. I know. Um, but the interesting choice here is going to... Well, I mean, it, the casting and the director choice are already interesting. And it's it's interesting that DC is focusing so much on Shazam as one of their next movies. But yeah. uh, they're not going to have Black Adam in this. They're going to have... Uh, well, there's there is an actor in talks to play the villain already. Uh, okay. Mark Strong, are you familiar with him? Mark Strong, yes. Yeah, he he's, he's in Kingsman, wasn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, Merlin is that the character's name? Merlin. Yes. Merlin and Kingsman. Uh, he shows up all over the place. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. He was in the Green Lantern. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is what I was about to say. He was the big bad and kick ass. Holy shit! I just realized yep. he was in Kick-Ass and Kingsman. I never, I never put that together. Um, Tanker Taylor, Soldier Spy. I mean, Mark Strong's been around, and he's a great actor. Uh, yeah. He's in talks to play a villain, and everyone is expecting it's uh, Doctor Sivana, who apparently is like. I'm not a, familiar with the character. No, apparently he's one of uh, Shazam's biggest villains from the comics. I don't really know Shazam comics that well. The but, only Shazam villain I'm familiar with is Black Adam. Yeah, me too. But, um... I mean, it looks like an interesting character. I can kind of see the resemblance with Mark Strong, so that casting might work out. Yeah. But what's more interesting is their choice to potentially put Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam in Suicide Squad 2? I think that is stupid as fuck. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. I really don't know how Black Adam's gonna fit in that movie. At all. Well, okay. We've had animated movies from DC where Black Adam has held his own against Superman and Shazam at the same fucking time. Yep. And you're going to put this guy in a movie with fucking Harley Quinn and the Joker and Captain Boomerang? And, like. Yeah, I like. I have no idea. 
I, I don't know if they mean to have Black Adam face off against the Suicide Squad because that just sounds like <laughs> it sounds a little unfair. Well, okay, if he faces off against the Suicide Squad, there and they somehow manage to win, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, it's basically the equivalent of like the Hulk fighting the Goonies. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. How... No matter what numbers they bring, like they're gonna have to stick in some random other character to justify how they would be able to take down Black Adam. Yeah. If they have Black Adam on the same side as Harley Quinn and the rest of them. What's the fucking point in the rest of them even being there? Because Black Adam will just be able to do everything by himself. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I have no idea, honestly. DC and all. Guys on par with Superman for fuck's sake. Yeah. DC and all the shit that they're talking about doing is kind of a mess, and I don't really know what's going on over there. Um. But speaking of DC, I'm gonna tangent off into comic books themselves for a second here. Did you hear the news about Brian Michael Bendis leaving Marvel for DC? Yes, I did. And, I mean, to those who don't know, uh, we're talking not about the movies here, but about the comic books themselves. Brian Michael Bendis, who is basically been the best writer at Marvel for fucking ever uh he's signed didn't he create Miles Morales he uh, here's what I have listed for him here he wrote hundreds of issues for Daredevil and Ultimate Spider-Man he is the sole writer between uh behind Secret War Secret Invasion House of M Avengers vs. X-Men and Age of Ultron and he by himself created the characters Miles Morales and Jessica Jones. Yeah. That guy left Marvel for DC. And, uh, like, I don't read a lot of DC comics, but if Brian Michael Bendis is writing for them, I'm gonna be picking up some of those books and checking them out. I've honestly lately been gravitating towards reading more DC than Marvel. I have a little bit lately too, but that's mostly because I've been reading uh, the Tom King Batman stuff, because Tom King is a fucking great writer. Yeah. Like, right now on my bookshelf, the only Marvel I have is a few graphic novels of Iron Fist. Other than that, all the comics and graphic novels I have are Batman, The Flash... Nightwing, Red Hood. Yeah. The only Marvel I have right now on my shelf is Iron Fist. Yeah, the new the new Marvel comics haven't been pulling me in as much, although I might hop on a few now because they're doing this sort of... Uh, they're doing this thing called Marvel Legacy. I'm not sure if you heard about that. I've heard it mentioned, but I don't know what it's all about. Basically, they're they're taking all. They're not rebooting. They're not restarting any series, but they're starting brand new story arcs for all of the, their existing comics, and they're switching the numbering back to the original. So, like uh, last week, I reviewed an issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was originally supposed to be 
like issue 13 of the series, but they went back to the the old Guardians comics, so now it's like issue 146 or something like that. So basically the idea is to to tie it into the old comics and to get you to those high numbered comics like they used to have back in the day. Um, but it's a good kind of jumping in point for new readers as well because you know that yeah. uh, with the Marvel Legacy, it's a brand new story you can hop on right now sort of thing, right? So yeah. I might I might hop on a few of those, like Doctor Strange, Guardians. Uh, the new Guardians is fucking great. I'm going to read more of that. See, I just haven't seen anything that's caught my eye enough to pull me in and make me be like, ooh, I have to read that as much as, like, the button yeah, or the Dark Knight Metal series that they just started. Things like that. Yeah, DC's doing some interesting stuff. And uh, speaking of people doing interesting stuff, have you heard about the TV series Amazon is trying to make? Which one? Amazon is reportedly trying to get the rights to make a Lord of the Rings live-action TV series. That is fantastic. It's it's blasphemy to a lot of people, but I mean, if they're gonna do it well, uh, more Lord of the Rings, that's great. But yeah, it's fucking touchy. Yeah, like that's a that's a big one to try and pull off. But I think Am- yeah, I think Amazon are trying if, to co- to compete with Netflix. If it's done well, I'll fucking love the shit out of it. Yeah, for sure. As long as they don't fucking inhumans the shit out of it. Well, yeah, exactly. But, that uh, is a turd of a show. But that's ABC. So Amazon, uh, Amazon so far, I, I haven't seen any Amazon show I didn't like, but I've barely watched any. The Tick was awesome, and the uh, new series they have, Lore, is pretty fucking cool. But I don't know. I, I what else are they? Doing? They're they just signed a. Uh, they just signed a contract with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to adapt uh, the comic series The Boys, which I don't know. I haven't read any of it, but I mean, it's the guys behind Preacher. I don't. I don't look at Seth Rogen anymore and think the guy from Knocked Up. I think of the guy who created Preacher. So. Yeah. So that's pretty fucking cool. Maybe Amazon will get their game up to a Netflix level. Uh, they, they're gonna have to watch what they do with Lord of the Rings, though, man, because you could piss off some people if you fuck that up. Yeah, that's a pretty rabid fan base. Yeah. Um, but the biggest news of this week, and it's it's a big one, we got to talk about it. I mean, the, uh, the podcast is called Jedi Dropouts for a reason. Uh, Disney is going fucking nuts. Uh, Disney have announced they're working on a live-action Star Wars series, and they've signed on Ryan Johnson to make a brand-new trilogy set entirely out of the the whole Skywalker saga. Did I hear that that was going to be not canon? Um, it's not that it's not canon. It is 
canon. It's just, it's going to be, it might not have anything to do with that story at all. So you might see, like, brand new characters on a totally different planet that are just set in the the world of Star Wars. I have no idea what they're planning on doing. It's apparently completely new and unrelated. But I believe still canon. Awesome. I mean, Ryan Johnson, he has a pretty good track record. Looper was a really good movie. The Last Jedi looks great. So, I guess they like the guy enough to give him three more movies. Yeah. So... I mean... It's Star Wars, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's... <laughs> and... Just like I'm gonna watch the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. I just hope that it's done well. Exactly. Because both are such rabid fan bases that if you don't do it right, you're fucked. Yep. But, uh, I mean, with the new characters they've introduced so far in The Force Awakens and Rogue One, and even in shows like Star Wars Rebels, I feel like... I feel like they could be on something good here. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I, that one remains to be seen. But uh, Disney also are apparently trying to buy Fox altogether. Have you heard yeah. that one? Yeah, that's that's the word. Uh, Disney are attempting to just straight up buy Fox and everything they own. So that would be fucking Good. huge. That would mean all of the X-Men, all the Fantastic Four could then be in the MCU. Deadpool? I fucking so. Deadpool and the fucking Avengers? <laughs> I mean... Uh, not to mention, uh, Fox owns shit like uh, Avatar. And that, that would be huge for Disney. Oh, fuck yeah. And, I mean, they're working on that uh, Netflix competitor streaming service. So obviously that's the, obviously that's the game plan here. Is yeah. to try and get as much as they can. I mean, they've already bought Marvel and Star Wars. It's, it's, it's getting to a point where they're running out of shit to buy. Soon they're just going to have a monopoly on them. Yeah. But everything they make is really good, so <laughs> that's fine. Yes. I mean... I'm just hoping that this whole feud that they have with the LA Times doesn't hurt them too much. Yeah, that's true, too. I forgot about that. The whole uh, banning critics from getting early screenings or some shit. Um, to my understanding, and I could be way off on this, is... The LA Times was posting things that Disney claimed were slanderous and they had no evidence of. Okay. That's what Disney was claiming, to my understanding. And so Disney was like, you know, like people criticize Disney movies all the time. That wasn't really the issue. It was them saying things about like, Disney taking bribes from the city or something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. And Disney was like, "You don't have evidence of that, and that's a huge accusation. And until you retract it, we don't want your people 
at our early screenings. Hmm. Uh, That's my understanding of the situation. I can't see it hurting them too much. I mean, I think it would take a lot for... I mean, LA Times is huge, but it's not... It's nowhere near Disney. Yeah, like, it's not gonna break Star Wars. No. If the LA Times doesn't review it. Exactly. Well, uh, that's all the news I got here. Uh, I mean, we did four uh, movie TV reviews. We touched on all the the recent geek news, or at least as yep. much as we can fit in here. There's still, I mean, by the time we're finished recording this, there's probably something else. The, the news has been pretty nuts lately. Uh, yep. But... One place to stay up to date on it, it could be our Facebook page. Maybe we'll just, you know, share some links as they're coming out. Yeah. So I, if you want to stay up to date on that stuff, you can just follow our Facebook page. I was doing that uh, back in May and June a little bit. And then uh, Comic-Con and <laughs> everything else happened and it was... It gets hard to keep up with Oh, sometimes. man, it was fucking impossible. I uh, like yeah. I, I I it was every half an hour I was just I had to post something new, and then I had to go to the Instagram, and then I had to go to the Twitter. And it got hard to keep up with, so I uh, I only really post the news when it's something huge. But uh, yeah. then again, if we're getting a chance to have an episode like this where we can talk about it, I'd rather do that anyway. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I guess that's all the time we got for today. Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a Justice League and a Punisher review episode. And I'll probably speak on Pokemon after I play it. Yes. I'm a little skeptical about uh, this generation. I'm hoping that they fixed a few of the issues I had with Sun and Moon. Okay, yeah. Okay. But it doesn't look like... I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical, but this is going to be the last... Pokemon game released for the 3DS. Oh, really? After this, they're making the jump to the Switch. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. Yeah, so we'll I'll touch on new content added and whether or not they fixed what my issue was with the game. And I heard a lot of other people agreeing with what my only real problem with the game was. So we'll see if that gets fixed. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, as always, you can check out episodes of Jedi Dropouts, New Reviews, and Tridents and Tracers over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or on, uh, let me list them, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, I guess. And uh, thanks for dropping by. And something, something, drop out. As always, later. Later. Peace.